Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and Chavruta Yerdena Asband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Nedarim, daf chet, page eight. I've got a few lines on the previous daf. Rav Gidal, Rav. That's it. Now I'm at the top of our daf. The Gemara asks, where do we know that you can take an oath to fulfill a mitzvah, meaning that you can swear that you're going to do a mitzvah? There's a verse in, in Psalms and Tehillim where it says, I have sworn and I have confirmed that I'm going to, or to observe your, meaning God's righteous precepts, right? So the idea being that there's a verse saying that one has sworn to fulfill the mitzvah, so you could, therefore you can. The Gemara says, one second. Isn't it the case mitzvah is already an under oath kind of mitzvah because all of the Jewish people were under oath at Har Sinai, at Mount Sinai. So rather we should understand So rather it says you can take an oath in order to motivate yourself to get going, to make sure that you're actually going to fulfill a mitzvah in a particular manner. So the oath itself is not technically valid but that verse from Tehillim is like to in, for encouragement to to uh, be more serious or more more um, with greater zeal, right? To undertake the mitzvah. The Amar of Gidal Marav, and since we're already talking about statements that Rav Gidal said that Rav said, we've got another one. There was another, at least one more on the previous stuff as well. He says Haomer Ashkim veEshne Perkze Ashne Masachzo Neder Gadol Nadela Lokei Yisrael. So he says that if you say, and how many of us say this with our Daf Yomi learning, I will get up early and I will study this chapter, or I will study this Masachet, right? I will learn this tractate, has taken a great vow to the God of Israel, meaning this vow goes into effect. And But then the Gemara says, one second, isn't that also the same oath that you're already under a general oath from Har Sinai, from Mount Sinai? about studying Torah. So why would you, again, why would this oath count more than any other, um, you know, enthusiasm, zeal kind of oath just to get you going for the keeping of mitzvot otherwise? There's a principle here that an oath cannot take, go into effect if it is already, if that practice or that action is already uh, subject to a pre-existing oath, meaning you can't have an oath on top of an oath for the same thing. So then what is it teaching us? It says, it seems to say that even those who are simply trying to, again, to motivate themselves, to get themselves going, then is that what he's saying? That you can do that for learning Torah as well? So the Gemara here says, well, this is the same approach that Rav Gidal said in the first case, right? That you could take an oath from that verse in Tehillim to get yourself, and the Gemara concludes that that's to get yourself going. And to light a fire on yourself, as it were. So, too, here for this um, statement about when one makes a statement about learning Torah. The Gemara answers, The Gemara says it's as follows. If you want, if a person wants, he can exempt himself from the obligation to study Torah simply by reciting Kriyat Shema in the morning and in the night. Meaning, by saying Shema with its brachot, you end up fulfilling the mitzvah of Kriyat Shema, 
those of you who are with us from Masacha Brachot way back when may recall this from one of those early, I don't know, maybe it's the fourth parak. I'm not sure you know. Um, and the idea being then that the that oath will in fact take effect, right? He fulfills it by Torah during the brachot and the recitation of Shema. And then the only issue is that to then go study whatever um, whatever he had specified that he was going to go study, right? I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to go learn this this chapter or this masachet. Uh, meaning he's fulfilled the obligation from Har Sinai with his and he's got a separate obligation, right? As opposed to saying that it's just for motivation, it really ends up being two separate obligations, one for uh, one for Torah study from Har Sinai, from the Torah, from the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, learning Torah that is part of the Torah, no matter what. And then the other one is this specific um, oath vow that the person has taken upon himself. And lastly here, Amar Rav Gidal, Amar Rav, another statement by Rav Gidal in the name of Rav, Ha'omer l'chavero nashkim alav lashkim. So somebody who says to his friend, Yordana, if I say to you, let's get up early and we'll learn, or we'll record as the case may be, alav lashkim. So that person who meet, who said that statement, it's incumbent to get up early, and he should be the first to show up, right? Because he's the one who who started the process, the plan for the next day. The Yomer Eli, Eli, no, Eli, Ben Adam Kum say El Habika Vishama de Beratra, no, Otach, Vatse El Habika Vihinisham Kvod Hashem Omid. This is from the book of Yechezkel. This uh, phrasing of Ben Adam is, um, it seems that it's a, uh, it's not clear whether that's really supposed to be in the Gemara. The words may be taken out, but it's a verse from Yechezkel chapter 3, verse 22, 23. And it says that God said, Hashi said to me, to Yechezkel, uh, get up and go forth to the plain. And there I, meaning God, will speak with you, meaning Yechezkel. And so he got up and he went forth into the pl- to the plain. And behold, the glory of, of God was there. Um, and that's really, you know, the prophecy of Yechezkel is really Maser Merkava. It's very mystical and so on. But the point here being this idea of getting up early and going somewhere. Once Yechezkel gets to the plain, God is already there. God said, get up and go. And God was there waiting for him. I find this a fascinating proof that this is how people should react because, you know, should should interact and make sure that they get up and, and show up first because we're going to model ourselves on God's, you know, presence as, as if, if we could also be, you know do that right meaning of course god is there first because god is everywhere first but that's perhaps a more theological philosophical point than this particular daf is really aiming for i just love this notion that sort of whether you like it or not you already took this oath at har sinai um there's something about it that's a little like it what does it mean in terms of our notions of free choice yeah, I think that's a fair question. I think also this, meaning this idea that generations ago have taken an oath for all the future generations and we are bound by it. I guess that's what we mean when we say that we're bound by halacha and we can, you know, choose to ignore it, but we are already, it's already incumbent upon us to do these things as if it's our own personal oath. Right. The is making a very and, strong point. Right, and then there's the other piece here, which is just that like, Sort of like once a Jew, you're always a 
you know, regardless of what you want to do with your life or how you want to live your life, you, you know, you took this oath at, at, at Sinai and you are part, you are part of that breed. You're part of that covenant of Sinai, whether you like it or not. I'm going to move on uh, now to the uh, next part, which is very, very interesting. It has to do again with excommunication and, uh, and dreams at this point. I'm really Ravina Lorvashi. Ravina said to Ravashi, Yadzame an shamate. Uh, if someone knows uh, who excommunicated him in a dream, what's the law so that he can be, uh, the excommunication could be lifted. So what this is basically discussing is, is that a person basically has a dream that a particular living person excommunicated him. And basically the Gemara is saying that we take that as a form of excommunication. Like if you dream it, the person who's alive maybe actually has to annul it. Ravashi says, right, the excommunicate, the, the dreamer, right, they made this person an agent, but to lift the excommunication, they did not make him an agent. So in other words, what they worry about is that since the this appeared to him somehow in a dream, and I think what this is sort of saying is, is that the dream is some type of communication from God or from, you know, up above right? Uh, we accept that he's excommunicated, but the annulment is more difficult. And then it goes on to say, let's say in the dream, the person dreams that they were excommunicated and it was also annulled. My, what's the law, right? Can we consider it that, he's, that it was annulled? Marle, um, remember, we, sorry, we learned previously you can annul an excommunication quickly. There's no time frame there that has to be met. Amarle, he says to right, just as it's impossible to have grain without some chaff mixed into it, it's also impossible to have a dream without some senseless matters, right? And so what they're saying is, is the excommunicated part, we're going to consider as the grain. That is real but that it was also annulled, we can't rely on that. That may be the weird things that we, uh, that we actually dream about. So uh, very, very interesting, uh, you know, I, I think it tells us how seriously they basically took excommunication and that there was this idea that essentially, first of all, two things, A, excommunication was taken very seriously and B, that dreams could be, to us from, you know, from God. And therefore, if we have this type of dream, we actually have to take it very, very seriously. And it needs all the way a regular excommunication would be annulled. And it's not enough just to say that, oh, it was annulled in the dream itself. So I just think this teaches us something so cultural. I mean, we've seen this before in the Gemara about dreams that maybe if you had a bad dream, you sit in front of your friends, you get them to try to interpret it to dreams that we don't have today? Um, I do. I will admit to having a couple of friends who take their dreams very, very seriously, but I think I that's true. I think before. I do. I've, do, I've done, I, I, I've done a hot like a, the halom thing. I once had like a very bad dream and I did, there's a whole prayer that you can say. I take dreams seriously for a variety of reasons. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but I, I know people, I mean, look, I know people who take a lot 
I don't know, right? Like, didn't think seriously when we have the knowledge that we have these days about psychology to begin with. I think that's where the question comes. We know so much about medicine and what the I mean, I know we know very little of the brain, but, but still we have a sense that that's a lot of what's happening. And then we have a sense of psychology. And then to say for, there's a message in our brains that goes beyond like what happened that day kind of thing. I I, I do know people who take this, um, who take things seriously. I've had, when I have, you know, heavy duty dreams, I take them seriously, but I don't know that I take them as a message, right? I take them as a question mark. What is that all about? And is that something bothering me? Is that something that Hashem is sending messages, right? We don't have Navua now. Also pretty easy then to say, it can't be Navua. The question of what, what dreams need to be is very muddled, I feel, in this day and age, as opposed to in the Gemara, where maybe not everybody took dreams so seriously, but the idea that you would take them seriously makes sense because they don't competing explanation behind the scenes that we. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree with that. And I think just, again, this, there's something like this, uh, mystical about this particular daf, right? Like this idea that we sort of are bound to an oath that our ancestors took that dreams somehow can put us in a position of excommunication. It's not a, to me, this was a very mystical daf. That's our daf discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this daf. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn.